What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 242. I'm your host, Brett Bueller. Today we have on Jeff Okita out of Vancouver, BC. He is the owner of Phase Music Management, and I uh, first came across him on Instagram. Kind of wanted to get him on the show to talk about the industry side of things and uh, freshen things up a little bit, uh, get a little bit different spin on what we normally talk about. Um, Jeff's been involved with some pretty big names. You might have heard of them. Nickelback, uh, Florida Georgia Line, Morgan Wallen, and some others in the big loud crowd. So we definitely got into some behind-the-scenes uh, stories from uh, Nashville and some of those artists. I thought it was kind of funny that uh, Jeff was sent an early demo of the song Cruise by Florida Georgia Line and initially didn't like it, which was uh, kind of hilarious to me. But uh, yeah, um, we got into all sorts of stuff. So um, if you are interested in the industry side of things and learning how that works, uh, hopefully you find the conversation interesting. Uh, Jeff began his career touring around before moving into graphic design and on to management. But uh, yeah, uh, hopefully yourself are doing well wherever you're tuning in from. As we approach Christmas, hopefully you're getting all the shit that you want to get. And hopefully you're uh, booking up gigs uh, for 2024. I know that uh, it's a bit of a frenzy right now, for sure, at least in my world, doing that. Uh, speaking of which, in personal news and notes, uh, this weekend, Saturday, I'll be at the Hideaway in Odenton, Maryland. Playing acoustic, uh, I will be the circus act, the three-fingered guitar player, as my pinky still heals. And then, uh, last few things that I normally mention, uh, there is merch for the show at the merch store on Shopify and the link in the episode notes. Uh, you can also find Part-Time Rockstar Productions on the socials, where we're doing music videos and all kinds of stuff like that. And then the sponsor of the show is Truly Strings Guitar Shop, based out of Laurel, Maryland. Uh, where I take all my guitars, one of which currently needs a refret, so I need to get my ass over there. But yeah, uh, other than that, I uh, hope you enjoy the conversation. And once again, the song we're about to hear is called Mercy by Kyle McCurry. Sick and tired of working graveyard. Go make sure you slam the front door, yeah. Pour all my liquor on the kitchen floor Throw my clothes all over the front lawn Do what you gotta do to do me wrong If you still got a heart, get to tearing mine apart Cause I'll never get over it if you don't leave a mark show um, I'm calling you from from the east coast or the beast coast as we as we call it <laughs> right on well thank you for having me i'm uh i'm all the way out west on the other side the the best coast as we call it right yeah yeah this time of year it's the wet coast Ooh. Um, are you northern california yeah uh, yeah i'm ba- I, i'm in vancouver i'm in canada so i'm uh just north of like seattle okay some reason i thought you were in uh, california um maybe there's a chance you might know my buddy justin maddock i think is his name but he's a country artist from uh vancouver oh cool maybe yeah yeah um i guess you're managing artists out there primarily uh 
in yeah in I, I mean i'm kind of uh an interesting character so yeah i, I manage uh an artist right now that's um he's really taken off in the americana sort of alt country space his yeah. name's kyle mccurney and um yeah as of right now my my roster i'm in the middle of a bit of a rebrand so my biggest focus is on kyle at the moment and i also manage a producer engineer spencer bleasdale who's uh also canadian and nice. yeah so that's that's kind of my thing right now i'm uh i'm you know going into this new year i'm taking all sorts of conversations and stuff so i'm enjoying being inspired by music and uh you know looking for new talent cool and uh your company is obviously phase management or phase music management yeah that's right cool so people can find you there or i guess i found you on your personal page or business page i'm not sure exactly but right on yeah people i, I think i think my my company instagram is phase music mgmt um but yeah, I, I'm certainly online and, and all over socials. Cool. Well, I guess we'll keep this relatively short and sweet. I like to kind of end things, at least by the 45-minute mark. I figure it's the best, uh, you know, uh, interval for people driving to work and, and shit like that. So I kind of want to just get your story on a personal and, like, business side. And, I mean, I'm sort of interested in the fact that, obviously, you run your own business, you run your own company kind of curious like why you even did that at all um you know how you got into it and if you were playing music yourself beforehand or you're doing some booking or uh maybe it was like a break off from another company or something very cool yeah no I, I'm, I'm happy to talk about this i think uh you know i definitely have a, a very similar experience to anyone on the industry side kind of going into music yeah. um, i was the person in the band the artist in the band and you know, with uh, feels like a lifetime ago, but with within that whole project, I kind of took it upon myself to, you know, be sort of uh, jack of all trades, I guess, if you will. So I was, you know, writing, managing, booking yeah. tours, doing all of it. And what I realized through that process is that I didn't want to be the artist, but I fell in love with the business of music. Nice. And that kind of what you know, that's sort of what got me started on on my path. I didn't really ultimately know. You know, at that time that it was going to be in management, um, but I knew that I wanted to try to do something a bit bigger and and differently. Um, so within, you know, I, I disbanded the band uh, and then actually and took... Uh, who was your band called? Was it your name or was it something else? Oh, gosh. We'll, we'll, not, we'll not name that here. I don't need people Googling it. <laughs> right, fair enough. Um, it was that bad, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no that that was uh, that was you know training wheels for me. Let's call it that. All right. Uh, and so anyway, I, I you know got what I needed out of that band and and all of the experience and did a whole bunch of touring and and put records on stuff and you know transitioned right into being a guitar tech, um, which kind of in turn brought me into what I like to call I guess the real industry. So I was teching for a band and we were you know, traveling across the country, doing festivals, small arenas, that sort of thing. So it was like, you know, my, my chance to properly do music in a real way and understand all of the sort of ebbs and flows of what it's like to do shows at that level. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, just becoming familiar and learning from different people and teams and crews and stuff like that in 
and what it's like to function as a bigger entity. Yeah. Um, so that was that was a lot of fun. I did that for a couple of years. Um, I did find your band, by the way. I don't have to mention. <laughs> I don't have to mention it for the listeners, though. Oh man, you're you're quick. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it was it was great because all of that just kind of you know made me realize what I I was trying stuff. I was in my early twenties. I was trying to figure out you know what what did I like about all this and where do I want to go with this, right? And and. Uh, you know, the, the whole touring thing was fantastic, but I wasn't making any money doing it. I was doing it sort of as a labor of love and, and, you know, also for my own education. Um, so around that same time I downloaded Photoshop and this, this was like, you know, pirated Photoshop that would crash every five minutes. And I was basically on the road traveling in a band designing things, um, just because I kind of had a knack for visual design. I felt like, you know, I could do something with art, artists and music and, and kind of make something. So back then it was all MySpace pages. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dating myself now. Uh, and, and it was great. And so anyway, that, that business kind of took off on its own very quickly. Uh, and I found, you know, it, it was a design and branding company that was specialized in music. And I think that's kind of what really brought my foot into the door. Um, you know, within a few months, I was doing work for names like Nickelback, Florida Georgia Line. Um, you know, Big Loud, Morgan Wall, and Chris Lane, all sorts of, you know, really, really top tier artists yeah. um, that, you know, that I, was, I really had. That was graphic was design? Like, yeah, that was kind of, it was graphic design. I was sort of like brand gatekeeper in a way, um, you know, advising in the direction of certain things. Like when Florida Georgia Line was just getting started and they were just, you know, it was just Brian and Tyler. Um, that's when I got into the fold and you know i, I kind of was their their sort of hidden graphic visual guy for you know the better part of about six years yeah and uh yeah it was it, it, just an incredible project to work on those guys are awesome um you know the team's awesome it was uh you know once in a lifetime experience how, to see how did, an artist i'm curious how you worked your way into the big loud crowd were you like in the nashville scene or how did that work that was through that was through branding and design. Um, okay. So yeah, that that was kind of uh, I I was doing MySpace pages, and then I you know started my my network grew really quickly, and and I started doing you know, work for certain bands, and then I was in touch with their manager, then their manager, um, Chief, uh, really awesome dude, um, also a Vancouver boy, actually a Canadian, uh, mm. who started Big Loud. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's all Vancouver. That's, like Nickelback is probably from Vancouver, right? Nickelback is from Calgary, but they live in Vancouver now. Ah, fair enough. So yeah, there, there's a, there's something really interesting. You know, there's there's something in the water up here, man. Like we have, yeah. we're the second biggest you know music export market when it comes to new talent, and there's just there's something really cool up here. And uh, yeah, anyway, so going back to the whole big loud thing, that's sort of how I got into the fold. You know, I, I was in very very early stages um big loud started as big loud mountain uh-huh. that was the company name because previously uh joey moy had a studio called mountain view records um and it was on chad Kruger's property uh out here <laughs> in vancouver okay. so that that's sort of the the transformation of where they ended up is you know mountain view records turned into big loud mountain um, because they partnered over there with uh, Craig Wiseman, 
which then turned into, you know, Big Loud Records, Big Loud Management, and now just Big Loud. Yeah. Um, but the branding that you see as Big Loud, I created that logo. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that record label, for sure. I think everything they've done is just always setting the curve for, uh, for especially country, but... I've also have this sneaking suspicion that like rock's going to make a comeback, like everything's cyclical. And yes. especially with Hardy right now, what he's doing, I think is just fucking awesome. Like single-handedly yeah. bringing rock back and like proving that it's, there's still like a market and people are still craving it, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I, it's just, it's such an, ex, like just such an exciting time to be in music right now. Like to your point with that sort of crossover and how things are blending, you know, like we've got, a lot of country festivals that are now programming Nickelback yeah. and you know, like the, the, the lines are blurring and it's, it's, it, you know, culturally it's in a, such a great, oh, it's yeah. happening in such a great way, you know, and I guess is what I'm trying to say. And uh, yeah, rock, rock is not going away. It's still, you know, the top uh, streaming genre. It's still the top touring in terms of market share and, and equity. It's, it's the number one touring, uh, format out there so it's not going away anytime soon it's just it's it's you know really exploding the the commercial lane is usually the one that needs to catch up nowadays so yeah uh, we'll, we'll be seeing lots of rock in the future that's for sure yeah i hope so i mean i always feel like everything's every genre is a little cyclical and it'll come back sometimes out of another genre with the blending and it's also yeah. cool that like kids nowadays absolutely don't care about genre Whereas I feel like back in your day, or some degree even mine, I'm 33, but, you know, everybody just grows up listening to everything now, so you can have festivals where it doesn't matter if Snoop Dogg is on there with, you know, uh, Lamb of God or whatever. It's like, (laughs) it it just doesn't seem to matter. Yeah, no, it's it's freaking awesome, and you're, you're absolutely right, like, and I think from, you know, our perspective was we came up in music at a time when the labels and radio really dictated who we were listening to, right? We yeah. didn't really have outside sources. And now, you know, you've got TikTok, Spotify, everything, Amazon, Apple. There's mm-hmm. so much discovery that it's uh, it's it's putting music where it should be. You know, it's it's in people's hearts first. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's less economical, more, you know, serving the purpose. And to your point, culturally, like the blend, I don't think kids are bullied anymore. Or they don't get into factions and fight. I don't think the Heshers and, you know, the rappers or whatever it was, metal kids versus the punk kids fight anymore. There just isn't oh that. Oh my God, good point. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just doesn't exist. But before That's that was like, crazy. that was war, you know? That was the thing. That's That was our, that was our social equity in school. <laughs> and that's how you like derived your identity and got your core friend group. And if you didn't, if you were like, oh, I like everything, then everyone would beat you up, I assume. <laughs> yeah. No, you, like you had to absolutely like, right. pick a side, whereas I feel like kids now are just like, it's cool to like everything. That is too funny. I didn't even go back to that. But yeah, I, I will definitely reference that. It's a very strong point. And yeah, I, I went from, you know, Marshall Mathers LP to listening to AFI within a few months. And man, my yeah. wardrobe changed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your whole Your whole kit had to alter if you listen to a different genre you had to like be a different person or something i don't know yeah that's wild good perspective yeah but um yeah i mean i guess you know curiously i have you assume you've met all these guys at big loud and hung out with them 
Yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, I, I I can say that one really cool part about my job is that I get to be very behind the scenes and I get to work more than anything closely one on one with the artist. And I think, you know, that's something that I realized really early on is at the end of the day, um, we're all just people, and yeah. we we all have insecurities, we all have struggles, we all have goals, ambitions, all these things. So I, I don't like I, I'm very lucky where. I can just see eye to eye. I can listen. I can learn and try to help an artist no matter what stage they're at. Um, yeah. And that's just been a really a fun part of the whole experience. And yeah, I definitely want to ask about that process. But before I do, I just, again, I'm, I think I'm most curious about Hardy. He seems like a little bit of an enigma, but also like a creative genius. He also announced that like he's recently had severe, severe panic attacks from being, you know, the front man which allegedly he never wanted to do to begin with. Although, I mean, obviously he's extremely successful at it. He just seems like such a, like a unique um, person in that he was primarily a songwriter, you know, for, for Florida Georgia line and all that. And then he's yeah. just like blown up on his own and he's kind of taking the lead. So I was just curious if you ever met him, ever talked to him and just had any insight on what he's like. I honestly, I personally have not met him. I think okay. uh, I got out of the big lab. So, so actually, kind of, this is a nice segue back into sort of where I was at in my story with the whole big lab thing. So, right. at that same time, so Chief, that manager that started Big Loud, um, he, I, I interned for him because he's you know Vancouver based, and I worked alongside him for you know a good seven ish years. Um, yeah. And sorry, the the intersection with like the whole Hardy timing and all that. So I knew Hardy as a writer. I never met him. Um, I still haven't like formally met him. Uh, but I yeah. I just knew him as a writer that was kind of involved in the FGL project, and that was sort of it. Um, because around the time that I was, you know, my my design business was blowing up, uh, w like way faster and bigger than I actually wanted to. Um, I found myself running a, a design and marketing agency and I wanted to be a manager. So yeah. I, you know, it, it kind of came to a breaking point where I was just like, okay, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do that. And I need to, you know, birds got to fly from the nest. Um, that was the same time that chief was closing down his Canadian office and moving down to Nashville and then really taking, uh, you know, big loud for a run. Uh, we had just put out, Morgan Wallen's first single on the label. So it would have been the way I talk. Yeah. Uh, just launched his properties, all his social properties, website, all that. Um, and, and, and me personally, where I was, you know, in, in terms of that question and the intersection of business and personal, I was so, I was so burnt out. I didn't want to do design work. I was, I always felt, you know, I have a very creative mind, but I was just, I was stuck in this, this rut where I was executing a lot and yeah. I wasn't enjoying it. Right. Um, and so that, that was, that was kind of a, a really big moment for me because I realized I'm like, look, I'm in these cool, like these really, really great circles that I wouldn't otherwise be in, but I need to go and try this myself. And timeline, and timeline wise, this was before or after you'd started phase. This was the, this was the, was this like this was the start of phase yeah the impetus to like get it get her going as it were absolutely yeah so this was kind of my motivation to go what do i want to do this isn't it 
you know, like I, I don't like, you know, love the guys, but I do not want to be managing Florida Georgia Lions website. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like the, I have you right. And, and I'm, I, I just sat with that. And I'm like, this is really cool that I got to this point, but this isn't what I want to do. And so handed all of that off kind of, you know, took, it took a big step back from the branding and design and marketing side of things. But here's the thing is as a manager today, spending over a decade in mastering branding, marketing, identity, all of it, it's only made me a stronger manager, like exponentially. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I've learned skills like like on the ground level that most managers probably don't have. Right. And so I'm very, very grateful that I that I pursued that and continued with it because um, it was yeah, it, it, it wound up being a really great thing for me. So before I ask about uh, the role of like a manager in the modern era and all that, we could definitely get into it. Um, were you at all surprised to see Morgan Wallen kind of blow up like he did? Or did you have like did everyone kind of have a good feeling about him or something? You know, it's, you never really know, yeah. I think, you know, and, and you can, but at the same time for me, I'm also not surprised because I know, I, I literally, you know, saw what the team was capable of, saw them do it. Um, and I think that honestly, I think the whole seeing FGL blow up and watching Chief do it and then having him like he, he he's amazing. Like, not a lot of people get his time, and I'm so grateful for that. But he's always been and, a, and a guide who, for me. And like, who is this you're talking about, by the way? Who's Chief? So, so Chief Chief is a manager that's that's Vancouver based. Um, he was the guy that I kind of intersected with in my design days. He is one of the founding partners of Big Loud. Okay. Chief now is a founding partner in the core. The core has Bailey Zimmerman, um, you know, Nate Smith. Uh, they're just Josh Ross. They're just absolutely crushing Nickelback. Uh, he now manages Nickelback. Um, just, I mean, I don't need to, you know, the, the, yeah. the, <laughs> the roster itself. Right. Um, so a- anyway, for, for me, you know, I, I, I watched the whole blow up with FGL and that whole thing happen. And, and like I was saying, like, he was just so great and willing to answer every question I had and threw at him and, and it made me learn. And this was like, education that you could never find on the planet and that you could never yeah. pay for no matter how much money you have right and that that was an amazing thing for me and so watching morgan i'm like oh i know where this is going right yeah seen <laughs> this I, one but before I uh, totally yeah but I, I couldn't you know i i'd be lying if i would say that i knew how big it would get um i knew he was incredibly talented i just i think he has uh you know, as a star, he has a very, he, he just has a very strong sensibility and swagger and he, he fits, he fits culturally where there, you know, was a void and it, it just worked. And, and there's a very cool intersection of, you know, hip hop and country and pop. And yeah, I mean, for me personally, do I listen to his records today? No, I'm more of a trad guy. Like, you know, altier sounds um yeah m- music more uh or i guess just in a different fashion but anyway watching the whole thing happen was just like oh there they go again <laughs> yeah yeah i mean florida georgia line in and of themselves i mean it's cool to hear the team behind it because you know it was wild to see all of a sudden how big they got 
I mean, that's some good songs, but then it's only been, you know, a decade later that I've kind of heard through the grapevine and interviews about what all went into them as far as yeah. songwriting, which I think is key. But then, as you know, apparently, you know, way more than most, I guess it's like the marketing side and the everything else that the infrastructure that behind them. Yeah. And, and it's great. Like I'm grateful for it. And I didn't realize when I was doing it, I didn't know I was doing it. I didn't know I was contributing to what they built. Right. Yeah. I I was just doing what I thought was the right thing. Like I literally remember, and, and I was totally like rock world for the most part, for a very long time, rock and pop. I, you yeah. know, I had a few successes at radio. I, I was doing the thing. Um, and country was not on my radar, admittingly. And I remember getting, Joey Moy sent me the demo for Cruise in an email probably for 12 years ago or something. Now. I don't even know. I can't count. Um, yeah. But I remember listening to that thing and I was just like, I don't know if I can fuck with this, you know? And I don't know if this is my thing. But then, you know, the more that I sat with that, I'm like, listen, Joey Moy's sending you something. You better figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I, I did my research and I, I just, I went down a rabbit hole and I spent a good couple of months just like learning about country and the history of it and every little nuance that I possibly could. So that when I'm working on a project, I don't, I don't feel like I'm an outsider positioning in the market. I feel like I'm part of it, right? And I, I and I want to make sure that I am delivering something that speaks to what their intention is as a brand. Yeah. And yeah, and that's kind of you know that's it, country music stole my heart. It was kind of the moment where I saw it and I got it, and I was like, oh, this is so so cool, and this is something so special and different. And you know, honestly, it took months for the song to to take off on radio. No one wanted it. No one wanted to add it, sign it. People didn't like it. It was too outside of the norm for what country music was at the time. Yeah, that's that's why I was successful, though. That's why I pushed the boundaries. There you I, go. I yep. say it all too often, but you know, it's the Rick Rubin philosophy of splitting the audience. You have to upset some people, you know. So, hundred uh, percent. As much as you have to get people on board, if it doesn't upset a few people like passionately, then it's probably not pushing the boundaries at all. And I think totally. Country was definitely stuck in that rut for a very long time with that, like, kind of, you know, cookie cutter, vanilla pop country that was going on. Yeah. And, you know, to some extent, we're almost seeing that now where people are hungry for quality, heartfelt, emotional connectivity. Like, that's why people like artists yep. like Zach Bryan, Chris Stapleton, freaking you know even laney came up on the americana side she's front and center country now but like of course people want that oliver anthony dude too (laughs) oh my god what a story right yeah and that 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 in itself that speaks to like what people are craving you know dude right it's like fuck everything else this music is so good that it went that far that quickly like i'm getting goosebumps even thinking about it yeah it's it's wild I know. I always believe in the song above all else. I mean, I'm a, a layman songwriter at present, but um, I've always, always been a student of the song. It's It's got to be good, no matter how good the marketing is or anything else. I couldn't but, uh, agree more. Yeah, it all it, it all starts with the song. And people like us don't have jobs if we don't have good music to share, right? Yeah. 
It's got to be passion. It's got to have soul. So speaking of soul, I sent you a book recommendation that I rec- recommend to, I guess, a lot of people, but especially people in your uh, in your field. It's called uh, Einstein, Michael Jackson, and Me by my favorite author, uh, Howard Bloom. And he was the publicist for Michael Jackson on down. Prince and oh, wow. Doobie Brothers, and you pick a band in the 80s, and he was probably their publicist. Um. But his book is on the subject is so incredibly fascinating about kind of what you're talking about, about trying to find the soul of an artist. He called it secular shamanism. And then <laughs> it was, that it was is all, true. <laughs> it wasn't he has an awesome process for doing it. It's it's a whirlwind, but um, it sounds like that's kind of similar to what you do in your world is you like you gotta sell the soul, you know, kind of in a not in like a super capitalist way, but like, you know, in a way that lets people, allows people to like understand what your artist is doing, right? 100%, man. Yeah. It's cool. Sorry, that wasn't really yeah. a question, but... um, <laughs> No, that's great. Uh, I appreciate the recommendation and, and uh, yeah, I, I will definitely check that out. It's very cool. So, yeah, um, that's kind of the next thing that I wanted to get to is like, you know, the role of a manager in the modern age and maybe to some degree a record label, even though I know that's not exactly what you do, but, um, it sounds like, you know, a lot about it and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like how does someone work their way up to say, even being on your radar and then what, if they are on your radar, that probably means they're somewhat successful, right? Like on their own. So, what do you think you do that like, you know, will get them then to that next level they're trying to get to? Is it marketing well, or is it just a whole bunch of things? Well, firstly, thank you. Um, I appreciate you saying all that. You know, it's it's funny for me listening to it because for me, I, I'm just the kid that has always been like, see, I even refer to myself as a kid because I'm like, I, I, I just I haven't stopped obsessing over music and music yeah. culture since I got into it. Right. And so you know, even just hearing this from me, I'm like, wow, cool. Thank you. Um, because to me, I, I'm just still the same person just seeing, you know, a bit of the rewards come back because I've been doing this so long. What makes an artist compelling and, and interesting to me? I mean, it comes down to a few things. Um, it, it's usually either the career is on a really great path and there's something moving and it makes sense yeah. to bring a manager like myself in to keep things turning and help build further growth. Um, the other side of the equation is a strong catalog. Like if there is, you know, either music that hasn't been released or music that has been released and it's really freaking good and I can't stop listening to it, then, you know, I will, I will, you know, kind of fall in love with it. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just a music fan. You know, and there are yeah. some songs that like, you know, very independent artists and, and, and I, you know, I, I see their career kind of not really there, but then they might have this one song and I just obsess over it. Um, I, I'm a music fan first. And yeah. when it comes down to how I can be involved from a business standpoint, like it, it, I have to be able to see what I can do and have a vision for that artist and project. There are times where even now, like I'm having a lot of conversations with artists that are wanting, you know, to work with me and I'm being very careful because you, you know, when you get going, it's quite a, quite a task to take on. 
Um, but it's amazing to me because it's like, you know, all these artists that I grew up like admiring and aspiring to have clients like that are now coming back and going, Hey, can you manage me? It's, it's wild. Um, but the role of a manager has changed a lot. And yeah. the, the truth of music economy is the manager as a player within the whole ecosystem. Like if you consider agents, live agents, publishers, publicists, radio, all of it, the manager to me is probably the most important player. And because you have to have all of the skills, mm -hmm. right? You have to be the record label. You have to be the live agent. You have to be everything to a point where it warrants growing and then handing off that responsibility to another team player. Yeah. Right. So, you know, and, and, you know, to your point of like the label or manager, well, you, you, honestly, like I, I am the label, um, for my art artists that are independent and well, I mean, I, I've got just one artist on the roster now, but you know, fully independent. Um, I act as a label. I have a distribution partnership that I went and acquired. I put the music out. I set the marketing plans up. I strategize how to put the artists out to market and I deploy everything. So yeah. there isn't a, an easy way to, to say like, what is the job responsibility? Cause you kind of just, what needs to be done? Okay. Let me do it. Right. It's kind of one of those things. Um, yeah. And I mean, I realize probably a lot of people want to get on your roster, but I think I'm also curious about the ones that sort of are ambivalent a little bit, you know, and, and not to be too crass and not to stroke you off too much here, but there's like a mid-level like uh, artist, right? Who's like sort of successful on their own, like DIY. Like I can think of some bands around here. Yeah. And like their thought, I feel like from talking to them is always like, why should I give anyone else a cut if what we're doing is all already working? And maybe it's because they're like happy staying at the level they're at and they don't necessarily want to go too much further because of the risk of like getting ripped off. Yeah. But, it, but it's like, what, you know, is, is a manager, is their role down like to just kind of like get you through the gatekeeping? Is that it? Or is there like obviously a lot more to it? There is a lot to it. Yeah. It's, um, And, and the, the artists that have a sort of a structure and they're self-contained to some extent, if you want to call it that, yeah. good on you, you know, and it's a, it's a really difficult place to get to that. And honestly, you know, more bands, I, I mean, you know, like how many bands can say they make a living doing music, right? Uh, it's, uh, there's it, only, a, it's only a few I know of and they're, they seem like, I think they do have managers, but I've heard them talk about how, you know, there's there's only so much to go around only, you know, so yep. many pieces of the pot and you start split, yep. splitting it up too much. And then you're back to being broke again, <laughs> even though you're ostensibly successful in the, in the market, you know? Yep. No, and it, that's true. And, and I guess when you get to a point and look, this is with any business as well. It's like you get to a point, okay, your products are selling you know, and, and it's, there's some consistency. Okay. Well then now there's reliable income. Okay, great. Now you look, you know, you have the fork in the road and going, okay, risk and reward. All right. So having a manager and, and again, like let's hope that, you know, figurative band hires the right manager because there are a lot of people out there that are business people first and not 
creative intellects. And I think that yeah. is a massive differentiator because a lot of people are business and admin in a creative world. Yeah. So to me, like, and that's where I'm saying, like, I feel like I have this this advantage to some extent because it's like I, I live and breathe the art of it first. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that that sort of crossroads where you get to a point where you build your your you know your career up. Well, a manager is going to be taking fifteen to twenty percent. So you wager, hey, does yeah. taking out say twenty percent of our top end warrant the possibility of coming back in with exponential value? And the manager builds your teams, strategizes how you put music out, makes sense of your live economy as well. Like I, I think that's a a big part that people mishandle, in my opinion, is understanding yeah. how live business works and builds. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, it, it, it's entirely project dependent on where you're at. But, you know, again, it's like, you know, the agent's going to take 10%. Your manager's going to take maybe 20%. If you're only getting paid 500 bucks a show and there are four people in the band, well, you're going to be out of money every single show if you have that team. And on, this, you know, on the flip side, a manager and an agent are not going to get excited about a band that are that's only generating 500 bucks. There's no money to be made. Yeah. Right. Right. You're going to be working your ass off to get 50 bucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's a, it's, you know, the intersection happens when it's meant to happen when there's, you know, tangible, um, you know, economic transaction happening. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I definitely understand. There's a, there's a give and take there. Cause like, like you said, likewise, you don't want to take on, someone who's not hardworking and potential is somewhat lacking or something. Like, I don't know, <laughs> but it's cool to hear that you are, you know, artist first. Cause I do think that there's to some degree, a little bit of sharkiness out there from the business side. Yeah. And people ended up, you know, kind of getting screwed or whatever, but uh, yeah, you, you hear it all the time. And honestly, like me being artist for it, it's kind of to my fault because you know, in a lot of circumstances, I'd imagine other managers, if they're having the conversations like that I'm having in the background right now, like I, I'm, you know, I, I'm attracting some very established artists. And to me, it's crazy because when I come down to assessing, does this make sense for me? And it's a no, ultimately, I'm like, what the hell kind of opportunity am I passing up right now? This is insane. Right. Yeah. And, but it's because I'm, I'm seeing into the future and I'm looking at this you know, from a creative mindset and I'm going, you know, do, do we align? Yeah. Are we symbiotic? Um, and it, and it, you know, it goes far beyond the music itself as well, but it starts yeah. at the music. Can I do something with this? Yeah. I mean, the, the music should, if it's authentic, be, you know, expression of how you feel and live your life, your personality, your spirituality, uh, all encapsulating. So I feel like, I don't know if it's not, then it's, that's a problem right there too. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. No, love that. I, you know, I often say that, you know, music, the business of music is selling the exchange of emotional experience that we have individually, but sharing that connection of the experience of it all. Um, you know, and, and you know, someone on stage could be singing a song about how their goldfish died and yeah. someone in the audience is crying their eyes out because their grandparents just passed right but yeah. and i mean that's kind of a bad example but it's not the anecdotal 
a moment that matters. It's the emotion, the experience that you're that you're feeling at the time that you're that's your point of currency. Yeah, I look at it as religion, you know, because it's the same oh, exact yeah. thing. It's like an exchange of soul it makes people believe, yeah. you know. So, in whatever yep. it, in whatever it is, but um, good analogy. I like that. Yeah, man. I I think I am sort of lifting or paraphrasing a bit from Howard Bloom here, so I can't take too much credit. But um, <laughs> I again with what you're doing, I cannot say enough of good things about probably trying to read that book because it it'll blow your mind awesome i'm admittingly not much of a reader but you know any time that i do pick up a book it's usually stuff like this that is just like it's yeah i think very curious you know i think it's so in your world that it would be hard i would wager 100 bucks that you will read the first three or four chapters in like 30 minutes without even touching your phone that's cool it's my wager but very cool if not whatever i tried it's uh (laughs) um i'll send you the hundred bucks if i lose on venmo (laughs) there you go um but yeah oh this is a pretty good synopsis i think of, of what you do and your your uh the passion behind it you know the feeling behind it um Obviously, you mentioned kind of the main artist you're working with. Um, sorry, if you want to repeat his name, I forgot. But Yeah, Kyle McKerney. Kyle McKerney. Sick. I'll follow him on the uh, on the grams. And uh, if for some reason he ever wanted to do this podcast, then obviously it's more than welcome. Um, this show I kind of started just mostly to center around us, uh, working musicians, as it were. But, um, you know no uh no one's turned away obviously that's great you know and and you know i appreciate you bringing me on here i know this is probably i'm probably not the the atypical uh you know person to to speak with on music but if anything i hope that my story and my path can inspire other folks to just you know if if you're on the music side keep focusing on great music and great songs if you're on the industry side continue to add value to artists and help them win. I think that's the only way that, you know, you, you can really get your foot in the door. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, above all else, I love talking music. So I appreciate you allowing me to, to kind of blab on about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's cool. Uh, it's actually super refreshing. Um, you know, it's, it's fun to talk about or talk to random indie bands, but, you know, to some degree, we all kind of have the same struggle and story, so it's good to get like a different perspective once in a while. Um, right on. So, but at the end of the day, they say you know talking about music is like dancing about architecture. So, a <laughs> uh, lot of lot of babble, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything that uh, maybe you wanted to mention that I didn't get to? Either a shout out or an update or like a release or a press tour like i don't know good question uh right now i'm kind of in the middle of anring kyle's third album with him um you know he's he's become a really big focus over the last couple of years um just exploded up here in canada we're doing a bunch of export trips now we were just in germany in september and going over to the uk to do a tour in london in January, uh, nice. which is very exciting. Um, but yeah, keep, keep that guy on your radar. Uh, 
you know, he just put out a second album, uh, sophomore album, and it got him to the point of getting shortlisted for a Grammy nomination uh, for Best Regional Roots Album. So nice. don't sleep on this one. I mean, he's going to be in a really, you know, prominent position in no time. So, I mean, I love country and uh, I love helping people out. So although I have a very humble audience, they are passionate themselves about stuff. So we did uh, awesome. recently crack at least 10,000 streams on this thing. So doing something. But Killer. Uh, yeah, it's been fun. Um, last thing I actually just thought of since you're obviously in the Great White North. Are you a Canucks fan? <laughs> I am. I'm terrible. I'm a bandwagon hockey fan. So I like watching playoff hockey. Yeah. But the normal season stuff, I, I, I enjoy the energy of going to the games. I'm just not, I, I'm not one of those guys that, you know, follows it. I'm uh okay. I'm, I'm very right brained. I'm very creative minded. That's, That's kind of cool. where my head is happy. <laughs> well, my other passion in life is hockey. So I had to at least bring it up once oh right on yeah so. canadians fucking love hockey oh yeah that's a thing for sure yeah all right cool man well i'll let you get on with your uh day and hopefully or morning and and uh hopefully you uh the sinuses clear up and uh you're good to go thanks brett appreciate it man and, and thanks so much again for for having me and for your time and and uh yeah, asking all these great questions and the book recommendation as well. That's that's very cool. Thank you. Yeah, I'll definitely <clears throat> definitely text you when this thing comes out and definitely text me if you actually end up reading it because I'd be curious to hear what you think. Awesome. Yeah, will do. And uh, appreciate it again. We'll be in touch. All right, rock and roll. Rastafari. See you. All right, see ya. So yeah, if you made it this far, thanks for listening. The song that you hear in the background is called Mercy by Kyle McCurney, who is managed by Phase Music Management. Later. Throw my clothes all over the front lawn. Do what you gotta do to do me wrong. If you still got a heart, get to tearing mine apart. Cause I'll never get over it if you don't leave a mark. If you ruin it Out of all the hurt you know I think hope is the cruelest Right now get by Just don't quite feel right Come on baby Change my mind Show a little Mercy If you're gonna
I'll never get over it if you don't give a smile 